this year as we look back uh, we even though we were, didn't have many people for several months we were only allowed 10 people we still had our services people watching online and, and despite all of the disruptions we had 92 baptisms and more to come today we had over 40 receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost praise God before COVID we had an attendance of over 500 and obviously all that all of the averages went down this year and after COVID when we were able to open up again we had an average of about 420 in attendance every week praise God we had 109 every 109 Bible studies every fortnight 109 Bible studies happening all throughout homes in zoom meetings online this year we have seen many things happen people healed healings and miracles taking place we were able to raise money to give thousands and thousands to missions we gave money to Vanuatu for the the typhoon uh, the the hurricane and we gave money to the Philippines for the typhoon to the churches there we raised thousands of dollars to buy a truck for the church in Kiribati we raised we gave 20 over twenty thousand dollars twenty five thousand dollars to the church in Fiji in Nandi to help build a building we gave thousands of dollars to overseas missions and home missions and this year also we were able to pay off our 1.6 million dollar loan for this building glory to God so we want to thank each and every one thank you to all of you that gave so generously and so so kindly and we know that God will be no man's debtor he will own no man anything but he will bless us what a year it has been and we thank the Lord I'm not going to be very long the time's already gone ahead of us but I do want to share a short message to you today Luke chapter 4 verse number for the sake of time we just read from verse number 18 if you would stand in honor of God's word one more time Luke chapter 4 verse 18 the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and verse 20 it says then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogues were fixed on him and he began to say to them today is scripture fulfilled in your hearing amen this was at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ and I want to lift up for our key verse for my messenger today that verse number 20 where it says then he closed the book I simply want to talk to you today on close the book as we close off this year I want to encourage you to close the book on what happened on the things that that we have struggled with this year amen let us pray one more time father we are thankful for what we feel here in this house we ask you to speak to our hearts once again anoint your servant and your people to the glory of God in Jesus name amen God bless you
You may be seated. Amen. From 1159 on December 31st to 12 a.m. 1st of January, there really is not much difference in the atmosphere or the temperature or the conditions within our environment. But God created us to live in a world where he gave us days, nights, and seasons. He gave us 24 hours in the day, seven days a week, 30 days in a month, 12 months of the year, 365 days in the year. He gave us all of this as measurements, if you will. Uh, they are measurements that we have attributed to the passage of time. And the cycles of time reveals this rhythm that we live in the world of starting and ending, of beginning and ending, of death and renewal. And it is profound for us to understand that these changes in time and seasons, and indeed the calendar, presents to us a signal that even... When we've messed up today, we can start again tomorrow. Imagine if God gave us just one day of existence, just one full day that would never end. It would just go on forever. Can you imagine that? Well, the problem with that is if you, if you messed up the day, well, the whole day is messed up. But the beauty about the rhythm of life, 24 hours in the day, or the 24 hours it takes for the world to revolve in, on its axis, is that when you messed up today, tomorrow somehow presents itself with a new start. That we can begin again. That we can start again. Amen. And the same with this year. As we enter into the new year this week, uh, we, we have the ability now to, to trigger ourselves or to, to evaluate our lives and look at what we've had the last 12 months and then say we can begin again and anew. Amen. I think this is what we can sort of see in this simple gesture that Jesus gave when he stood, when he went into the synagogue to read the scriptures. And as he stood to read those powerful prophetic words from Isaiah, the Bible says he did this one simple gesture. He closed the book and he sat down. Now remember that there are no throwaway lines in Scripture, but every word from God, every detail is given to us in the Bible to reveal some insight to us. Because perhaps what Jesus was trying to convey because they were all looking at him fixed. Everybody in the synagogue was staring at him like you're looking at me right now. Making me feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Maybe look elsewhere. <laughs> Just don't look at your phone, whatever you do. 
But the Bible says their eyes were fixed. They looked at him. They were watching him. And when he sat down, he proclaimed these words. He said, today, these words, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Because I believe what he was doing by closing the book, he was saying that now we are closing the book to the Old Testament. We are closing the book to the law. And he now was beginning a new covenant. He was beginning a new testament that what had them condemned in the old, he had come to close it once and for all and he's come to begin to bring a new message, a new hope, a new life. Amen. And everything that condemns you, you can start again. Praise God. Can I tell you here today, this is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That it doesn't matter the kind of life that you lived. It doesn't matter. Maybe you're here and you've lived 60 years on this planet. And you've lived a life of sin and debauchery and evil and wickedness. I want you to know today that you have the ability that God has the power to close the book upon the sins of your life. You can begin again. Oh, hallelujah, it doesn't matter what kind of sin it is. You say, well, pastor, you don't know the life that I've lived. I've lived a terrible life. I've come to tell you it doesn't matter what crime, what sin, what evil. There's a power in the gospel of Jesus Christ that has the ability to wash away every sin, to remove every darkness, to close the door on every wicked thing that you have ever been involved in. Hallelujah, that's why the word of God tells us. Jesus said, except a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I've got some good news for you. If you've lived a life that you've been ashamed of, if you've lived a life that hasn't been so good, it's given you nothing but misery and brokenness, I want you to know the blood of Jesus Christ has the power to wash away every sin from your life and you can begin a new life oh bless the name of the Lord hallelujah oh if we could open up the books of our past here today and we could look around and see the ugliness and see the horrible things oh we would be shaking our head we would be closing our eyes and saying my goodness I didn't know they had those skeletons in their closets with all kinds of sins but I want you to know what you see here in this service right now are a bunch of people who God has forgiven who God has renewed come on somebody are you hearing what I'm saying if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all has become new glory to God hallelujah and I, I love this time of year because I can look back over the last 12 months and see how many times I broke my diet. How many of you made New Year's resolutions 12 months ago? I'm going to eat less carbs. I'm going to stop drinking sugar. That's sugar water. You know what, what the average time it takes for a person to break their habit, their, their New Year's resolution? Five days. So if you can make two weeks, hey, we take our hat off to you. 
But, but this year, I, I've never been in a year where I wanted to close it so much. <laughs> I, I never wanted 2020 to end sooner than any other year I've been experiencing. Amen. And this new year, it could represent to us the ability to take stock of where we have been, how we have lived our lives, and even the mess that we've made. The failures and mistakes and the sins that had had us bound, I want you to know that this year we can put it under the blood of Jesus Christ and we can close the book. Hallelujah. Don't you know you have the ability now that you can start again, that you don't have to be held hostage by your mistakes of the past. You don't have to be defined by your failures, but Jesus gives to you a new hope, a new life. He promises that when you repent of your sins and you get baptized in Jesus' name, that Jesus takes all of your sins, he washes it away, and he puts it into the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again and he said I'm closing the book on your sins and it's time for you to move forward yes. hallelujah glory to God so it's time to close the book amen. amen and closing the book is very easy all you've got to do the Bible says and it's the same message that Jesus preached in fact, if Jesus came down now on a celestial elevator down to this, this church, he'd preach to you the same thing. It's the same message that his cousin John the Baptist preached. And it's the same message that the apostle Peter preached when the church began on the day of Pentecost. When they said to him, men and brethren, brothers, what, what shall I do to be saved? And he said, repent. Very simply. Amen. He didn't, say, he didn't say, well, you know, you fill out an application and, you know, you, you give the pastor a little bit of money and he, you can. No, he didn't say that. Amen. He said, repent. Praise God. It, it's a word that's kind of gone out of fashion today. Most people don't use that word. But the best illustration I could find for the word repent is in the military. When the soldiers are out marching, the drill sergeant says, march left right left right let y'all know that and then all of a sudden he'll tell him to stop and then he'll bark out the order repent and the soldiers do a complete 180. amen you like that move i practice that all day <laughs> repent means to turn your life around amen it's so practical it is so simple. It's nothing mystical or magical. It's simply changing your mind. And can I tell you the reason why some people, they, they struggle with the same sin over and over and over again. And why some people never experience the power of God is because they never truly repent. Yes, they, have, they shed some tears at the altar. Yes, they cry. But listen to me. Tears is not repentance. Because the Bible says godly sorrow leads to repentance. It's not repentance by itself. It's good to cry. It's good to weep because of our circumstance. But then after the weeping, something's got to take place. You've got to make a decision that you're going to change your life. You're going to change your direction. 
And can I tell you, wherever your feet are pointing, that's where you're going to head to. If your feet are pointing towards sin, you're going to lead to destruction and to emptiness and to misery. But oh, if you, if you point your feet towards the kingdom of God, if you point your feet towards Jesus and his word, I'm telling you, you're going to be led. You're going to end up in life. You're going to end up with joy and peace. You've got to make up your mind which direction you're headed to. That's what repentance is. It is so simple. It's so simple that even, you know, these you know, self-help groups, you know, these, these leadership and motivational conferences, they use the same principles in the Bible. They just don't call it repentance. They just say, wherever your life is headed, you can walk on these hot coals because it's mind over matter. It's not mind over matter. It's simply changing your direction. Because wherever you're headed, that's where you're going to end up. Listen to me. Nobody is going to go to heaven by accident. Nobody's going to trip over, oh, I ended up in heaven. That's a lie from the devil. Listen to me. You know what Jesus said? He said, everybody in this world is headed to destruction, is headed to hell. He said, because the path to everlasting life, it's narrow, it's straight. And he said, very few people find it. And if you are here today under the sound of my voice, could it be that God brought you here to get you on the right direction, to get you in the right path so that you can end up in heaven with God? Hallelujah. Repentance is simply making up your mind. And there are people on the fence who, who don't know, oh, you know, I, I like this Jesus thing and I want to go to heaven, but, but I also want to live my life. You can't be on the fence. Come on. You know, these motivational speakers, they get thousands of dollars. Maybe I should change my career I, just, just for one session. I went to one conference and paid like $400. And I'm like, man, I could have read that for free on the internet. <laughs> but the Bible tells us that repentance is a powerful word. When you change your mind to begin, you're, you're looking one way now, you want to follow Jesus. And listen to me, nobody can will to you a relationship with God. If you don't want to have a relationship with your parents, you know, you're not going to have one. You've got to be deliberate. If you want to have a relationship with God, you have to be deliberate and wanting to have a relationship with him. And God made it so simple. He made it that anybody can understand this. In fact, children do it all the time. They know how to repent to change their mind. We got a red rooster? Okay. No, I want McDonald's. Somehow my son always reverts back to a happy meal. That's his go-to meal. Anybody can understand what repentance is. It is so simple, yet it's not always the easiest thing to do. Why? Because our hearts are conflicted. We want to do other things. And we live a whole life, in, uh, we, we put, a, put ourselves into a headlong pursuit of pleasure. We think, well, if I could just have a, a better Saturday night at the club, if I could just smoke this and snort this and drink that, that somehow I'm going to be happy. Let me tell you, that's a lie from the devil. 
You, you're not going to, you're going to be miserable. The more you, put, you, you immerse yourself into sin, the more you go after those things of the world, the more empty you will become. But hear me, when you repent, the Bible says it is the will of God. God is not willing that anyone should perish. Here's the will of God. You want to know what the will of God for your life is? He said, but all would come unto repentance. That everybody would change your mind and begin to follow God. And can I tell you, even though it's a practical thing, even though it's a simple decision, let me tell you, when you repent and make up your mind to follow Jesus, the heavens and the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you and he will empower you. He will enable you to overcome. He'll give you the ability. All of a sudden, what you used to think was fun, it's not fun any longer. What you used to think was boring, going to church and praying and reading the Bible, it's so but no, when you come to know Jesus, it becomes life, it becomes joy, it becomes a fulfillment. Oh, hallelujah. And so if you've never repented of your sins, today you can have this opportunity. And when you do, the Bible says when you are baptized in his name, your sins are washed away. When you go in the water... And we call in the name of Jesus Christ over you. Acts 2.38, your sins will be remitted or removed. Your book will be closed. That account. You know, we, we all have account books for different people. Yeah, you know, you got an account book for your spouse. Oh, she said, I, I didn't smell so good today. Cross. We've got account books for ourselves. And sometimes, and here's what I come to tell somebody. Sometimes you are living your life like driving with your eyes on the rearview mirror by you being defined by the mistakes of your past. We are living our lives carrying hurts and burdens and, and, and all kinds of failures and we condemn ourselves. We're filled with shame for what we've done and what we said. And we can carry that. That's why some people, you could see some people, they are so weighed down. They are so burdened by things in their lives. Because they continue to carry what was meant for yesterday into their today. And they carry it into their tomorrow. The Bible says, take no thought for tomorrow. Because tomorrow is going to take care of itself, sufficient for the evil thereof, Jesus said. He said, don't, he said, don't even think about tomorrow. And the same principle applies about yesterday. And there may be some folks in here who are weighed down with the burden of your mistakes of yesterday, of this year, of years gone by. I've come to tell you today that God wants you to close that book once and for all. Because the power of the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. Don't take into 2020 what you had this year. Come on, we've got to say this is it. Enough is enough. It's time to close the book. It's time to close the accounts of 2020. And it's time to begin a new book. It's time to start a new chapter. God said, here it is. I want to give you a clean slate. Because it's too heavy a burden to carry. 
It's like that story of that ship that was sinking and, and the captain of the ship, you know, he put on his life jacket, he put it on and, and he realized, hang on a minute, there's some precious cargo down in here. So he went back down to the ship and he grabbed uh, the, the, opened up the safe, there was gold bullion. And in every pocket he could find, he stuffed the gold bullion in his pocket. And then he went up and proceeded to go up. But when he jumped out of the boat, he began to sink because he was, that life jacket wasn't designed to carry extra weight of all those things. And so he, he died and he perished. Listen to me. You are not designed to carry the shame and the guilt of your sins. That's why you are miserable. But I've come to tell you, you can find joy again. God's going to lift you up. He said, I'll I've come to close the book. I'm giving you a new book. I'm giving you a new start. Oh, I, I got to finish. I got to hurry. Musicians, if you come, I, I can't even get to it. My message. But here's how we're going to close the book. We're going to repent for the mistakes of yesterday. And we're going to forgive. You're going to have to forgive those people that hurt you. Unforgiveness will kill you. You say, well, you, you don't know the kind of abuse that I went. And again, I, I'm not saying I know what you went through. But the Bible says that virtually everything is washed away, is cleansed by blood. In the Old Testament, every kind of sin, every kind of transgression, they had to kill an animal in order to get forgiveness for that. But the blood of bulls and goats, the Bible says, is not sufficient. It took God who became a man, who never sinned, to go to the cross and shed his blood. He was the only one. He should still be alive today. He's the only person that never sinned, that did not deserve to die, and he was killed. And the shed blood of Jesus has the power to not just forgive you of your sins, but to heal you of your sickness, to deliver you from whatever ails you, from every kind of malady humans can experience. The blood of Jesus has the power to remove that from our lives. And if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, he, God's forgiven your sins. In fact, when he looks at you, he doesn't see any sin. We can look in the mirror and say, oh, yeah, I know what you did last week. But God doesn't. He sees you pure and holy. And, and here's the deal. If God has forgiven you, you have no right to withhold forgiveness to yourself. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. But maybe there's somebody here who's, who's struggling with condemnation and shame and guilt. God sent me here today to tell you, you can close the book once. The Bible says once and for all, he shed his blood for our forgiveness. But you can close the book once and for all on your shame, on your, on your guilt and condemnation. Because the blood of Jesus has that kind of power. So you got to repent. Forgive. That's the only unforgivable sin is if you don't forgive, God cannot forgive you. You got to forgive even those that hurt you. You got to forgive your spouse. 
Sometimes they hurt you the most. You got to forgive one another. And here's another thing I like to add. Not just forgive, but forget. Yeah, I know we, we, never, we shouldn't put ourselves in a position where we can get hurt again and be abused. We, we need to be wiser, of course. And I never usually say this. I, ne- I usually say, don't forget, but forgive. But God spoke to me this week as I was preparing this. So sometimes you've got to forget. You've got to forget what that person did to you. Because if you keep rehearsing the hurt, if you keep reliving the hurt, you're constantly, constantly creating resentment and you're having to forgive. So not just forgive, but sometimes you've got to forget what they did to you. That's my prayer. God, help me to forget that, that part of my life that I don't want to revisit. Help me. I, I don't need to go there. Your blood has done the work already. Your blood has already washed that away from me. Help me to forget. Sometimes, you know, what we don't forget the most is our spouse. <laughs> Do you see what she said to me? You got to forget that and move forward to a new day. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Today, I've come to give you permission to close the book on 2020. I want to close the book on this Corona. I'm telling you. <laughs> corona, you're not coming with me in 2021. But close the book on, on condemnation. Close the book on shame and guilt. Close the book and let the glory of God and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ breathe new life, a new fresh start. You got to close it. A friend of mine, he was telling me he, he was a, a painter. You know, he would paint and every day he would come by and just keep painting. I keep asking him, months and months go by. I said, when are you going to finish that painting? Uh, I just got to do a little bit more and a little bit more. I said, you got to finish the painting so you can do another one. You got to sometimes before you can move into your new year, into your new day, you got to close the book on that. They talk about closure. You know, closure It's one of those psycho babble words. I got to get closure. You know, like... When you're, you know, some of the young guys, some of the young people, you know, your, your girlfriend dumped you and she didn't even tell you, didn't even have, didn't have the decency to tell you. All you knew is you, you saw the status on your Facebook change. You went from together to it's complicated. The next day, she's single. You're trying to message her and she blocked you. Come on, some young people know what I'm talking about. And she won't even take your calls. She said, come on, pick up. I, I need some closure. I need to, listen to me. You, you can't rely on other people to give you closure. You got to get your own closure from the Lord. The best closure you can have is that he's forgiven you. He loves you. Amen. And you can put that aside. Don't be defined by your past. You are not who you are because of the mistakes. Your mistakes don't define you. You are defined by the word of God. That when he sees you, he say, He calls you my son, my daughter, my child. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, everybody's fails. Adam's sin. You know our forefather Adam? He's the one that put us in the, this mess in the first place. 
Noah was a drunk. Abraham lied. And he grew impatient. Isaac did the same thing. His son lied. Was tricked. Jacob tricked his own father and his own brother. Then, then his own sons, they, they sold the younger brother into slavery. Who else? Dave, Samson. Samson was, was filled with lust and yet he was redeemed in the end. David lied. He cheated. He committed adultery and then he committed murder. Solomon had too many wives. <laughs> like, what are you doing? One's enough. Peter denied the Lord. Paul refused to forgive John Mark. Listen to me. The Bible is filled with people who failed. So we are in good company here today. I, I, I've got to hurry. I'm, I know the music's up and I'm taking a little long. I'm sorry. But Peter denied Jesus three times. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. You remember that story? I believe that if Judas repented, he would have been forgiven. But you know what happened to Judas? He refused to accept the forgiveness of God. He couldn't close the book on his condemnation, on his pain, and the poison that was coursing through his spirit that he hung himself. He took his own life because he could not close the book on what he did. Peter, however, even though he denied Jesus three times, yet when Jesus came to him, as much as he didn't feel worthy, he repented and was restored. The power of repentance. Stand to your feet right now. I, I've got to stop. But I believe God wants to do something in this house before we're through, before the service is finished. If you would lift your voices right now in prayer, every head bow and every eye closed. In the name of Jesus, Father, we come before you today. We're asking you to search our hearts and our minds. We're asking you to forgive us, Lord God, of every sin that we've committed against you. We're asking you to be merciful and gracious and kind. And that, God, you would give to us that forgiveness that we accept right now. We change our direction. We turn towards you. We look to you. Lord God, as our Lord as our Savior and our King. And we're asking you now as we repent, as we take the matters of our own lives, of our will, of our choices, and find your will and your grace for us today. I pray that you'll fill somebody with the Holy Ghost here today. That somebody would repent of their sins and be baptized in Jesus' name. That somebody would be healed today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to open up this altar right now and invite you to come and find a place here today. If you're simply not to say that you're a, you're a sinner, that you have, you have backslidden, but to simply say, God, I want to follow you. I want to close the book on this year. I want to close the book on my mistakes of the past, of my failures, of what I did even yesterday. I want to close it once and for all under the mighty name of Jesus and the blood of Christ. If you need healing in your body or you'd like to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to come out of your seats. Find a place here at this altar to pray and God can deliver you and set you free. If you need something from God, He hears your prayers.
He doesn't hear your closed mouth. He will not move unless you all talk to him. Something powerful always happens when we step out of our comfortable, when we step out of what we're, we're familiar and step out by faith to this altar. The Spirit of the Lord is here. He can fill you right now. Oh, hallelujah. It's time to close the book once and for all. Let it be put away by the blood of Jesus. Never to be revisited again. Never to, to haunt us again. Never to hold us hostage again. By the power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Every curse can be broken. Every family curse can be broken in your life. Whatever's been passed down, it could stop right here. The power of the blood of Jesus has the ability to do that. Oh, hallelujah. Let's reach out to the Lord all over this house. you are.